0: Well, one, uh, one story that'll give you a glimpse into a little bit of my personality. Um, so I have my Google Chrome browser configured to, uh, whenever I go to the home screen or search page or whatever it's called, um, To down at the bottom, it shows three trending stories that I guess, based on my browsing history, it thinks that I might be interested in. And so, uh, and it's usually right. Usually I can't, like I have to click and, and see what these stories are about. And so, a week or so ago, there was a story that popped up and it was called, How to Write an Email. How to Write an Email, I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, like the people who are reading that article probably don't need help writing emails, right? Like people who need help writing emails probably aren't getting that suggestion on their Google Chrome browser, but, I clicked it, I was curious as to what it might be about, and uh, the very first suggestion in how to write an email is to uh, skip the pleasantries, skip the introduction and cut right to the chase. No sort of like, hey, how are you? Hey, so and so, I hope you're doing well, I hope you and your family are well on this Monday morning. None of that, just skip all the pleasantries and, and cut right to the chase. On the one hand, as I was reading that, because I, I add those sorts of pleasantries to my email, so I felt a little bit of sadness. Like, I, I like those sorts of introductions, and I feel like they actually give you a glimpse at the email sender's heart, perhaps. Maybe I'm thinking about it too hard. It's true, thank you. Josh likes if So if you're emailing Josh or I, like, you feel free to include that. And when I'm emailing you, I'll include that as well. Um, it's just a little bit sad. We're, but I get it. Like, we're so busy. We have so many emails to respond to. Like, let's just cut to the chase. Um, but that's what's happening here in this letter that Paul is writing to this church in Corinth. This is a, a long, extended introduction that he's giving. And our culture, we're so fast paced and busy. We might be tempted just to breeze by this. But I think that if we slow down, and meditate and reflect on what Paul is saying here, we get a a glimpse at Paul's heart. And I think it's really beautiful. And I also think that it's strangely timely for us this morning. And it so mirrors what's going on in my own heart this morning. In fact, a few weeks ago, um, I was up at night and I couldn't sleep. And I was thinking about this morning. I was thinking about this sermon and uh, what sort of text I would use that would mirror, that would open up my heart for this church. And so what came to mind was finding one of these introductions from the Apostle Paul as he's writing to these churches that he loves so much and he feels such affection for. But y'all know that we, um, we're committed for now to preach through the lectionary and to let uh, the lectionary this preaching calendar that the church around the world uses we're we're committed to letting that shape what texts we read on a Sunday morning like that's where our call to worship the responsive reading the sermon text that's where it's coming from but i was like you know what this is my last sermon i can do whatever i want right <laughs> so i'm like i'll choose whatever but then i look at the lectionary just to see what it might suggest for me and this is the passage that's there in the lectionary this introduction from paul to this church in Corinth, and so I think that perhaps God is in this, and it's timely and important and relevant for our church this morning, and for me this morning. So as we meditate and consider what Paul has to say here, of course, there are three things that I'd like to uh, point out to you, and I won't give them to you up front. You'll just have to follow along and catch them as we go, all right? So the first thing is that Paul speaks a word to this church in Corinth that for us this morning, and I don't mean us broadly, but I mean us very specifically, like Christ City Church, in this present moment, Paul speaks this word that has the potential to be a real source of comfort to us. The elephant in the room that Robin's already named, that we've been talking about, is that this church is just really in a season of a lot of transition. Um, Cherie rolling off soon, uh, my family and me moving to Atlanta soon, my last sermon this morning, next Sunday being my last Sunday, lots of transition. And I personally, I won't speak for you, I have tons of feelings about that. And this present moment is this I think, really significant point in Christ City Church's life where a couple of things can happen. This is a trajectory-shaping moment and point, point. and I don't want to be hyperbolic or like hyperbole, but I really think that this is true. This is a trajectory-shaping moment because there's a potential for real unhealth, and Robin has been, he talked about it this morning, he talked about it last week, there's a potential for real unhealth. Transition, in churches is, is normal. And it doesn't have to be bad or good. It's a normal and a natural thing. But the unhealth that can happen is if there's no room for you and for me to talk about it, to ask questions, to share whatever feelings you might be feeling in the midst of all of this transition. That perhaps is something that you've experienced before if you've grown up in the church or experienced transition in churches in the past. But there's also the potential for real healthy fruit that I think will benefit Christ City for a long time to come. And the healthy fruit can happen if there's space, if there's invitation and openness for us to talk with one another, to ask questions, to share what we're feeling, And so I just want to reiterate what you've already heard from Robin is that we welcome and invite and encourage that here Uh, amongst one another, maybe in your story group. If if you don't know what a story group is, if you're interested in that, Community Sunday after this morning's worship service, come and, and hear about ways that you can get connected. Our church's elders are really amazing, godly men and women who are open for you to come and share what's going on, for you to ask any question So this trajectory-shaping moment, I think that this season is actually evidence of health because it's evidence of our church's mission statement actually working. We've talked about it a lot, but our church's mission statement that we want to become followers of Jesus who recover our lives, who reimagine our purpose, and who refresh our world. So we're seeing over and over and over at Christ City Church, people experiencing new life in Jesus, people reimagining their purpose in the world and, and what they're here for, and then people being sent out so that other people can experience the life that they've found. It's a It's an exciting mission statement. It's an exciting invitation for you this morning, but it also leads to, if we're doing it, if it's working, it leads to a lot of transition as we're sending people out. As we're celebrating life and sending people out so that others can experience life too. Now, one of the feelings that I feel um, loads of sadness, but also in the midst of any season of transition, I feel lots of fear and uncertainty. What's going to happen? What will things look like? And Paul speaks to that. And he gives us a comforting word here in 1 Corinthians 1. Let me show you. In verse 8, Paul says that the Lord Jesus Christ will keep you firm to the end. The Lord Jesus Christ will keep you, plural, church, firm to the end. And then in verse 9, listen to these words them on your heart so that you can remember these words. God is faithful. God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. There's one thing that I know that I'm so convinced of, and that's that God has got you, Christ City Church. That God has always had us that God has us in this moment and that God will continue to have us. God's got you, Christ City Church. This, in fact, like it's, it's so clear to me, I've been reflecting on my years at Christ City and just imagining faces and names and stories and all these experiences, and it's so clear to me that God loves this church so deeply. That this church is Christ's church, that Christ himself is the chief shepherd, is the senior pastor. This church doesn't belong to any one person. It's not Robin's church or Drew or Jamin or any person's church. This is Christ's church, and he loves this church. Like, as I think about our story, I just think about how Christ City Church should not exist like the fact that we're here, a strong presence in Midtown and the Holy Spirit is evidently at work in our midst is just a crazy thing and is evidence that Christ loves this church and that he's got you. God has always had us. God has us. And God will continue to have this church. Second thing that we see here in the Apostle Paul is I love these kind of introductions and goodbyes that he gives to these churches because you get to see a glimpse of his pastoral heart, his pastoral heart, and it's so, it's so beautiful. Um, I just imagine Paul sitting in community. These letters were written in community, and I imagine, like, them just talking about stories, like, thinking of people in these churches, thinking of what God is doing, like imagining names and faces. And you can see in these introductions, Paul's tenderness and Paul's affection and Paul's love for this church. Think about it. Paul is writing, like these letters were written to specific people, like to a specific church, a specific group of people in Corinth. In verse two, you should, as you're reading scripture, always be considering like who's writing this, Who are they writing it to? What's the purpose of their writing? And we see it laid out in verse 2, where Paul says, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people. And just imagine Paul, like, as he and others in community are writing this verse, like, just imagining people, thinking about faces and stories, and his heart's, like, affection and love is just welling up in his heart as he writes to these people. And then look at the gratitude that flows from his heart. In verse four, as he's thinking about these names and faces and stories and families, he says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. This is common in Paul's letters. I'll show you another couple of places. In Philippians chapter one, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I think of you. And then in the first chapter of Ephesians he says, "I have not stopped. I have not ceased giving thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers." And I don't think that there's I don't think that there's anything else that better expresses my heart this morning than these words. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. I have just been thinking and reflecting about my family's nine years at Christ City and how we've been so profoundly shaped and transformed by enjoying community with you. And so there are a thousand things I could mention but I want to mention a few specific ways that I've experienced transformation here at Christ City. And as I look around the sanctuary, I see a lot of new faces. So perhaps if you're new here, this can be an encouragement that if, you, if you're a part of what God is doing here, then perhaps you too can experience some of these transformations. So first, I'm thankful, Christ City, that you have taught me and modeled for me and shown me what it's like to be in real, genuine, authentic relationship with other humans. So I was formed in sort of a church tradition that emphasizes like your intellect and theological precision and rightness. You know, like there's a box that everything fits into And you got to just figure it out, right? Like just read these thick, long books and it'll be the key to unlock everything. And so several years ago, um, Robin brought back this new concept that it's not only our heads that matter, they do. Like our thinking and intellect matters, but that it's also our heart. And so he introduced to me this this novel idea that like I have feelings. (laughs) And that was... Like, that was hard for me, and I was skeptical. I was super skeptical. But I'm like, okay, but I care about you, Rob, and I trust you, so, like, we're in this together, so, like, let's, let's do this. And I started to, like, reread Scripture, and as I did, I'm like, oh, man, this, like, did I just miss all of the Psalms? Like, how did I miss this? Like, that humans have feelings, and that we can't experience real relationship with one another until we learn what it is to be vulnerable with those feelings and what's going on inside of us. Not connecting, like, head-to-head, but connecting with other people heart-to-heart, the way that we're meant to connect with people. And if you've been around Christ City for a minute, like, that sounds like, it's it's like, of course, of course. That's so in the waters here. But when you zoom out, like, I just think about how grateful I am for that. Like, it's, it's transformed the way that I like love and live in a relationship with my wife. It's transformed the way that I love and care for my children. Like I'm so grateful as I think about like the dad that perhaps I can be for my kids. Like at least I'll know how to be with them in real relationship. Like it's transformed the way that I'll, I'll pastor people. Like it's, it's transformed everything and I'm so grateful that I've been transformed that way at Christ City. Another hard lesson I've learned here that's hard, but that I'm thankful for, is that you've taught me and our time together has taught me that life always and only comes through death, that life always and only comes through death. Like if you've been around for a handful of years, and if you haven't, if you're new, like Come talk with us, and we'd love to share more of our church's story. But if you've been around for a while, like we've been through some stuff together, right? Like we've been through some stuff together. We've we've journeyed together into the valley of the shadow of death. But for those of us who have made that journey together, we've experienced deeper and richer life, at least for me, than I would have thought imaginable and again now when I see scripture I'm like oh of course how did I miss this like Jesus right Um, life death and new life resurrect like it's so clear on the pages of scripture but I don't know if you can really know it until like you really know it in an embodied sort of way another thing that I'm grateful for is that you've taught me that saying I don't know isn't a sign of weakness, but it's an invitation into deeper relationship, into deeper worship. Again, theological precision, intellect, the mind, those are the things that I value. So like, had to have it figured out, had to have the answers. But then I started to recognize in relationship with you, like, God is mystery, right? That can't be figured out and put inside of a box. And so like this invitation that I've experienced to deeper worship with this mysterious and bigger than I can imagine, God. I'm grateful for that and it's changed me and it's transformed me. And then the last thing I'm, I'll mention, and I could say a thousand more, um, perhaps we could grab coffee and I could share more. Um, but the last thing I'll miss, mention is that all of you, every single person here, people who aren't here this morning, um, have been so supportive and loving, and caring of me all along my journey, even at the moment when it became clear to all of us that our journeys would lead us in different directions. And as I zoom out, like I'm just struck at how unique that is. If you've been around the church for a minute, like the bigger, the broader, maybe the like um, Southern United States Church, you've experienced, it's common that churches create these sort of like cookie-cutter disciples of Jesus, right? Like if you wanna follow Jesus, this is what it's gonna look like, and here's what your next 20, 30, 40 years will be. But that's not what happens at Christ City. And I've been on this specific journey and you're on your specific journeys, and that's all welcomed, and accepted, and embraced here, and I don't mean like that I've just experienced people being like laxadaisical and not really caring, like I experience, if you're around Christ City, you know that there's a fair amount of challenge here too, and I've experienced that, I've experienced challenge, because people care for me, and love me, but I've experienced support, like Yes, we see and we affirm and we bless what God is doing in you. And this has been modeled, and I'm so grateful for, especially Robin's pastoral leadership here, and Jamin, the other elders. Like I've received nothing, nothing but care and support and love. And I just think that that is completely and utterly unique. And if you're here, I hope that you're grateful for that too. I hope you see it and experience it the way I have. So I encourage you to consider how you're grateful for Christ City Church. And let me read for you this quote. It's been good for me. It's been challenging for me this week from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If we do not give thanks daily the Christian fellowship in which we have been placed, even where there is no great experience, no discoverable riches, but much weakness, small faith, and difficulty. If, on the contrary, we only keep complaining to God that everything is so paltry and petty, so far from what we expected, then we hinder God from letting our fellowship grow according to the measure and riches which are there for us all in Jesus Christ." So whether you've been here for years, perhaps this is your first time here, I think it's a good reflective and meditative practice to consider. Like, what are, what are we grateful for at this church? Because God is clearly at work. Transformation is clearly happening, and there's much that we can be grateful for. And then the last thing that we see here in this, in this text, Paul's introduction, is greeting to the church at Corinth. As we see, we get a glimpse of what Paul is ultimately about. And this gets at my heart and my dream for y'all as a church for the future of Christ City. Because what you love most shapes who you are right now and guides where you're going. What you love most shapes who you are, and it guides where you're going. And there's one word in these nine verses that shows up so much more than any other word. It shows up eight times in nine verses, like Paul just can't stop talking about this one thing. And eight times in these nine verses, the word Jesus shows up. Paul really loves Jesus, And it's so clear, like his heart is so clear. And what he loves shapes who he is, and it shapes where he's going. And that Christ City is what I dream for you more than anything else. Like, Christ City is in this tender and important season of transition. And I I do care. I I really care. But at the end of the day, like, I don't really care except, like, that you're a people who love Jesus. Like, I don't care, at the end of the day, if you're a church that's non-denominational or a part of a denomination, or if you are a church that's wealthy or poor, if you are a church that's hip and cool or not, if you are... A big church or a small church or a progressive church or a conservative church. What I want more than any of those things is for you to be a church, for you to be people who deeply love Jesus. For you to find life in Jesus, recovery of life as we become together, followers of Jesus. For you to find, for you to reimagine new purpose. In Jesus. And then for you to be sent out on your own journey, whatever it might be for you, for you to be sent out to refresh the world as people come into contact with you and they get a glimpse of what Jesus, what God himself is like. That's my dream for you, Christ City Church. And that's why every week in our worship service, from the very beginning, Laura and I, um, nine years ago, we joined Nine and a half years ago, we hopped on the church's launch team when we were brand new to Memphis. We were 23 years old. We didn't know anything about anything. We joined the launch team, and from the very beginning, every single week, this church has gathered, and the climax of our worship service together is coming to the table to communion. Because this is a place where we experience tangibly, like where we taste and touch and feel the love of Christ the love of God expressed for you in Christ Jesus. And where when you touch Jesus, like you can be transformed, you can be changed, and we can be sent out as refreshing presences in the world. So Christ City Church, I really do love you. And Robin jokes, I really do want to come back as a guest preacher. So invite me. I'd love that. Um Like, we've made such good, rich friends here. Um, I'm so thankful for you. And you will come to my mind and my heart all the time. And just like Paul here, um, I'll thank my God every time I remember you. And I'll pray for you often. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this church. So grateful for the years that I've had here, for the years that I've experienced transformation, that I've experienced love and support here, for all that you've done in the life of my family, uh, through the friends, the family that we've made here at Christ City Church. Thank you, God. Would you bless this church? Would Christ City be a people who love deeply Jesus? Would Christ City be a refreshing presence in Midtown and in all of Memphis, even in all of the world? Would you raise up people? People would experience recovery of life, new purpose in Jesus, and then they'd be sent out. It's a hard mission statement because there's always grief and joy.